Hello and welcome to the One About Podcast, a show where some friends get together to talk about a different topic each week. This week we read part one of a 12-part epic that I'm totally not going to spend way too much money buying so I can get the entire story. This is the one about Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin. God, that's a mouthful. I'm your host, Dean. I also go by Endless Cole in places around the internet, and I'm joined this week, as always, by Jordan and John. Jordan, I gotta tell you, man. Um, I finished the ranch. <laughs> well, okay. All right. I didn't expect that. Um, <laughs> I know you were messaging me throughout it, and you weren't exactly happy with how um emotionally vulnerable uh you felt throughout the series right stupid really that's not the verbiage i would use for that emotionally crippled crippled maybe so devastated so, so what happened was season six is that moment in the ranch's sitcom life where they turn that corner from being a fun loving comedy show into tackling more serious topics and like really having a plot line. And you know, that moment where like you, the show changes and it can never go back again. It's it jumped the shark, a corner. It's less turning a corner and more about facing into a train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Um, and I gotta tell you, man, like I, I know that you didn't, f- finish season six or get into season seven or whatever seven. but uh, yeah seven i haven't gotten into yet it doesn't get better as it keeps going damn i i need to go back and uh and finish it it definitely deserves that it does it does but i think that after that big moment the show is just never the same it is I don't think it's meant to be the same either, but it's definitely pretty catastrophically different after that. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think that I like it as much after that happens, but overall, I don't regret any of my time with the show. I think it was quite good. Oh yeah. Do you think there's going to be an eighth season? Do I think there's going to be an eighth season? Um, There is an eighth season. There is? Yeah. There's eight total seasons, and then it just kind of ended. Oh, okay. Well, a ninth season then. Or is it definitively over after eight? Um, According to Ashton Kutcher, it's over. They're done. Thank okay. God. Um, But if you were to... <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny about that, John? Is he was like low-key... He was kind of like, I don't want this show to turn into two and a half men. We're done. Yeah. Especially since it he jumped on died. that ship when it was already sunk. <laughs> he he was re- funny. Yeah, but he, 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 he held it afloat no, for a he while. He was like, this isn't the character that Chuck Lorre sold me on. <laughs> exactly. He's like, we had a meeting and he described this character to me and it sounded great. And then I got the script and was like, this isn't what we talked about. Yep. He just typecasted him and then that was it. Um, but that being said, I I think that if they really wanted to, they could keep going with the season nine, ten, etc. But uh he doesn't seem particularly interested in doing so. 
good. Definitely for the best. I mean, what I consumed, which is one through six, it's a fantastic sitcom. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't shy away from touching itself. The um well, well I mean uh I wouldn't say that of, that's Yeah, I mean it's not it makes, as off the wall as you might think. It it makes that seventies shows uh fans really happy because there's a lot of th- it's it's a spiritual successor to that to that seventies show in a number of ways and different cameos and Easter eggs throughout the series. And it feels like home. Uh, definitely me growing up with 70s show and even just, I think, I think I just finished it uh, re rewatching it uh, last year or the year before I actually watched it with the wife. And that was the first time she ever watched it and she fell in love with it too, but I've seen it a couple of times, but um, yeah, it uh, doesn't shy away from that in, in any sense. It's awesome, though. It's a truly fantastic sitcom. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, that show's great. Would recommend. Happy that I reluctantly took your advice on that one. Even though it, I wasted an entire day off just binging the fuck out of that show. You finished it in one day? No, <laughs> no. It took me from where I was, because I think I was in season four when I restarted my Netflix subscription and I got through the rest of season four, five, six, seven, and eight in like two, three days of watching. Nice. Yeah. I got to the point where my wife was like, are you almost done? (laughs) We don't watch anything else. (laughs) Did, did she kind of like it? She did, but by the end, she was like, I just want to watch anything. That's not <laughs> Something good. else, please, God. Put me out of my misery. If Bo tells Colt that he hates his guts one more time, I'm going to blow my brains out. I'm, um, I finished vicariously wa- like watching um, Shit's Creek with Lauren uh, like six months ago when she finished watching it, but I recently restarted it. And I think Shit's Creek <clears throat> is the best newest sitcom that's out there right now. Um, you know, what's funny about that. When I finished uh, the ranch, they were like, Netflix was like, Hey, we think you might like Shit's Creek. And I watched the trailer and I was like, Nope. <laughs> I promise. It's really good. It's very, very well written. It's very funny. and. Uh, it's it's very well acted. Uh, Dan Levy and his son in this um, are just about fantastic. And you mean Eugene Levy and his son? Sorry, his son is Dan. Eugene yeah. and Dan Levy. Um, <laughs> and the actress that in the show, her name is Moira, but the actress that played the the wife in the original Beetlejuice and also the woman in Casper. What was her name? She's a super famous actress oh man you're telling me i i don't have the i don't have the willpower to look it up right the now. willpower but, to <clears throat> type in google the willpower to lean up from my seat and type in something yes it's not worth that much to me Catherine right? o'hara there you go thank you Catherine o'hara very very worth watching Shit's creek i would highly recommend it oh chris elliott's in that shit 
there's a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of good. I, I, I would say a lot of good actors, not a lot of blockbuster ones, but it, yeah, nobody it, gives a shit about Chris Elliott, but it, it's a great time. It really is a great time. I would highly recommend watching. I'll consider it. I think you'll like it. I really, I really do. Oh no, man. The last time you said that you'd think I would like something, I wasted like days and days of my life just watching the shit. That's a good thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. My wife was really that's close a, to stabbing me. So that's she a win in my book. <laughs> that's a win in my book. Yeah, I've been uh watching some Shit's Creek, playing a uh, uh playing some Loop Hero. That's a fun game. Um, if anyone's listening, don't let the graphics turn you off. It is not all just Atari graphics, and I admit that the trailers don't make it look as fantastical as it really is. But it is a very easy yet complex game it's as complex as you want to make it and it's it's as specific and as min maxi as you want to make it if that makes sense right it's a very very right. very very original uh roguelike concept where you build the map as you do these loops essentially on on the on the road that you're on it's a lot of yeah, fun yeah but but Hades comes out this Friday physical for switch you really think I'm going to play Loop Hero instead of that? Pro- Honestly, I own Hades. I haven't played it yet. Um, probably not. I, I Honestly, I don't think anyone will ever stand Hades up against Loop Hero and say Loop Hero is better because Hades... If one more fucking outlet gives Hades a 10, I think the world will implode. I don't think there's enough 10s in the world to give this game because every fucking person gave this thing a 10 or like a 9.5. It's universally loved and adored. The way that everybody online tells it, Hades is the next coming of Jesus Christ. So, yep, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to a real spiritual experience this Friday. I will eventually install it and play it. The only reason I played Loop Hero first is because my work PC can run it. But uh, I'll put it on my actual gaming PC here eventually when I'm done hating my life playing Rocket League for five minutes, I guess. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, this, I got so mad. So quick tangent, of course. We played the tournament. We lost first round because, you know, I was playing with two two people that didn't belong in that tournament, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> That's and, debatable given how the next one went, but okay, go on. And the first thing I do is go play a doubles match competitive, win the first doubles match, but my partner is at least a at least a champ or grand champ by the way he was playing. He had no business being rated a D2. And then my next doubles match, in which I raged quit after I was done playing. <laughs> We, we, me and my partner swept the entire game. He is a pass. He is a passive player, which is fine. Cause I can be aggressive. I'm aggressing most of the time. The point balance between us is relatively even because he's just getting so many saves because he is playing defensively. We sweat, we sweat three, three going to OT. We're in OT and I miss a save. And then I get what a saved by my teammate. And he fucking <laughs> logs off. 
He had no right to do that. Oh, shit. He had no fucking right to do that. And then he ran away like a coward. And then that's why I just fucking, I cut it. And I'm just, I just messaged you guys. I'm like, let me know when you're ready to record. I, I'm, I'm going to go cry. Oh, God, he's... I'm so, I get so oh, pissed. fuck, dude. That's so good. So bad. That's been my life. John, what have, uh, what have you been up to? You know, tearing it up in Rocket League like I do. I heard you got uh, to the finals. Yeah. And- in today's tournament, right? The good old finals of a bronze tournament. Finals is finals, bro. Choking the finals? Yeah, choked. I mean, pushed it to get out of the semifinals. finals are not finals. Finals are finals. Bro, the finals of a fucking any tournament are not equivalent to a bronze tournament. Finals Finals are finals. The pressure is the same, though. The skill might be different, but the pressure is the same. The pressure is only the same if you belong in that tournament. Like, well, put it, put it to you this way, Jordan. If I threw you into the finals of a bronze tournament, are you going to be sweating about it? If I'm losing, yes. If I, well, <laughs> if I'm why losing, would you be losing? I don't People know, but if I'm losing times. for some reason in a bronze tournament, I am going to be sweating harder than if I was at a fucking diamond. Exactly. Well, yeah. Like if you manage to fuck it up and lose a bronze turn, especially if people are watching. Yeah. But the, the, the point is that it sounds like John was placed reasonably, uh, unless he just had failures for teammates, but he was placed reasonably. So the pressure is the same. No, I mean, like, like I was telling him when he was playing it, like, He's playing similarly to the other players on the field. And like, I'm not saying that he's a bronze player. I'm just saying like whatever rank those players he was playing with, they're all playing similarly. Tournaments are rough, man. Yeah, because I mean, like you can be bronze, silver, gold, whatever in a tournament. That doesn't mean jack shit for your actual skill level. Which is also kind of my first problem with the way they've set up tournaments. The fact that they have their own ranking system for tournaments is kind of messed up, man. Maybe it, maybe that kind of weeds out people trying to smurf tournaments. But who cares? Like, there's the only thing that you can gain from smurfing tournaments is tournament crates which are 90% shit items that people don't want in the first place and they're non-tradable items like there's no value to winning a tournament except to you personally you're missing the main value that people smurf though to shit on players so but, what what would wait. feel better than to shit on someone in the finals that you're two ranks above and just stop them from ever winning but theoretically that can happen anyway. No, like, it can. And it probably does, but having it as a separate, like just, just deranking in threes and smurfing in threes and artificially lowering your rank and then just sticking to tournaments and just always being in the same bracket and the same, the same skill tournaments lets you just smurf the whole board, you know, at least in tournaments, if, 
if you're going to lose, you're going to get deranked more. If you're going to win, you're going to you're, you're, you're going to raise more. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is that for people to to win continuously and then and then win at finals, they're going to be bumped up into higher ranks trying to smurf people. So then they have to lose. I don't know. It, obviously, it's not perfect. I really don't know how the hell they would ever get rid of a, a, you know any type of smurfing issue. I don't personally think you can ever get rid of it. But having it separate, I think, probably is a little bit better th- than having it just tied to like your to your threes rank. And also, that begs the question, what do you tie it to? Because not everyone plays standard. Some people just fucking do... some insane madmen just ranking hoops or some dumb shit <laughs> so it's they like take- their gc's and hoops but their threes is like i don't know like a like a plaid or a gold well tournaments force you to rank before you yeah. play them anyway so it just takes whatever competitive rank that it has for your uh primary placements and then it goes from there and then is it for is it your season is it like your season rewards is where it pulls it or just your standard rank? I have no idea. Just anything competitive. So you just have to do 10 games competitive. But they figure once you get into tournaments in threes, like you'll basically end up where you're supposed to be. I guess tying it to the, to the, the threes or the standards competitive rank does make sense. Because if that's the format that is, that is played in. No, it's not. It's which, not tied to them. Which I, I just want a twos tournament, man. I like, would love that, dude. I would love that. Cause like I just don't like standard. I prefer twos. Um I didn't used to. It's only it's only the last year that I really started to prefer twos. Yeah. But I like the format a lot better. If they if they changed it to where it was twos, like rankings and like people's placements would be way closer to what their actual skill level because in threes like even if you if you go in there solo it's dependent on how good your teammates are and if you go there with uh, another person like your teammate could be straight ass and that just ruins your whole run so i feel like twos would be the best indicator of where you're at skill level wise and people would have more fun in those tournaments well, more fun ranking random in twos is frustrating because if your teammate is ass, then you're tanking, you know, because it's, it's if 1v2. your teammate hard rage quits out on you. You're literally all by. yourself. Oh, yeah. I've had that happen yeah. multiple times. It's fun. They should have they should have an option in, in uh, the standard attorneys and one of the next seasons to pick a twos. I, I think that. They may be hesitant because most people will do. Twos. They want to fill. Well, they want to fill these brackets, and so far they they've done a really good job of filling brackets. I've never had an issue with a with a bracket that wasn't totally full upon oh, entering. I you can know give stories. Getting two you... all the time, all the fucking time, just not getting a third person. What yeah, really? All the fucking. It's it's very common. Well, that's actually really surprising. I didn't. Not, right, not well, I never experienced that. Well, that, yeah, that, that does suck. That says to me that they have to limit, do a better job limiting the amount of open slots. Then, 
I mean, I think that the problem that maybe John has is people are really unmotivated to play in a bronze tournament. It's like the tournament credit rewards that you get are fucking shit. Even if you win the entire thing, you get fewer credits than winning one game in a platinum tournament, for example. Or a gold tournament. And gold, I think. definitely a gold. I don't know what you get in silver, but but yeah, like winning the entire bronze tournament is less than a single gold win. So like it could wow. just be that the player pool in bronze is really limited because of actually that. the player pool in bronze isn't limited. There's actually the like more players in bronze tournaments than the other tournaments because like that's generally where like most people are skill wise uh, end up when they play tournaments just for shits and giggles. Based on what? Because one, playing in bronze tournaments, it takes the longest to generate the bracket because there's more people. No, no, no. I'm asking like where you're getting your information from, from. playing tournaments. This is what I've noticed. So totally anecdotal. It's totally, totally. anecdotal that when I team up okay. with you or Corn and play in a gold tournament. Generating a bracket is usually on average a minute, two minutes less. But always playing in a bronze tournament, generating a bracket is three to four minutes. Playing in a platinum or diamond tournament is less than a minute. And most of the people are grouped up or partied up. Yeah, but the problem with this is that since this is all anecdotal, we have no fucking clue why it takes so much longer in bronze. You're speculating that it's because there's more players, but you don't know that. It makes the most sense. I know that it makes the most sense, but it could just be that bronze has such a wide variety of player skill level that it's working really hard to try and match people up evenly as best that it can. So it just takes a long time. Whereas gold tournaments, platinum tournaments, etc., like players are generally closer in skill level, so it's less of a problem. Maybe. I wonder if they're going to release the numbers on like tournaments and like player pools in that. They usually do release that kind of stuff. I'm um, pretty sure at the, at the end of the season. I'm pretty sure there's like the most is going to be. Bronze and silver by a fucking wide margin. Gold, platinum, and well, platinum and diamond are going to be the least, you know, going up. And then gold is going to be like, like it's it's going to be pretty close to what I'm thinking. I'm guessing because well, did they release that last season? Because that's when they started it. But like they they've been doing like they were basically testing a lot of stuff out and even then like they they revamped it for this season they're doing a lot of things differently for tournaments this season season. that's just for my research what i've seen like what like the rolling up of points um like having three tournaments a day like jordan you could probably speak to this how often tournaments were how they were generated but that's just what i've seen from they weren't like season one after epic bot rocket league or psionics um season one is when they really went 
all in on tournament. Like that was the big thing that they launched with the um, Epic and Psionics, well, Epic's Psionics purchase. Um, before then, there were tournaments, but they were all, they weren't timed. They were just set up ad hoc. So like someone would set up a tournament in the US and then people would just join until it was full and then it would run. So it was, it, it was a shit show. Yeah. Like you had to want to go look for tournaments and then look at ones that were full. If you, if you ever try to join a tournament with like two people out of 16, you, you might sit there for an hour until it was fully queued. It was, it was essentially non-existent. It only ever existed with actual competitive play. If there were tournaments that were set up at, at, outside of rocket By league third party and they're like okay something and they're like okay this is this, this is the tournament name i think there were i think there was a password option too so then you know everyone has the password everyone joined this tournament you know the name of it and then we're going to run it in our own little bubble but it was i mean wildly different the largest change to rocket league by far in this last um in this last year or since August, I think, which is when season one came out, was the tournament system. Speaking of wildly different, we did a comic this week. Yes. Oh, God. We can talk about Rocket League for hours. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm did. cutting you off at the knees at this point. At the knees. We did. Jordan, this was your month. This is Yay. your thing. And your, you have to shut up about this. Your for thing. Jesus. So uh talk to me, man. What is up with Mobile Suit Gundam the Origin number one activation? Um, well, it's a book. Ugh, Nick, no, let's not wow. no, we're not starting it like that. Great show, guys. All right. Deuces. <laughs> it's it's awesome, man. It is the I personally believe it is the quintessential um gundam media that's oh, okay. out there is this series All right. i, th- I thought like you were about to go a different route with that and like we're about to start fighting it's gonna fly to florida with bo- boxing gloves <laughs> i would never claim this is the best uh manga or anything ever i i, I would I, I would absolutely never claim that but for, as for gundam i think this is by far the best gundam manga and i think that it is probably the best way to enjoy Gundam in its truest and purest form, I would have to now, say. Uh, there Mobile are a Fighter lot of G amazing Gundam, Gundam animes that out K. there. That's, that's fine. That's fine. You know, yeah. dude, you're entitled to your opinion. But it's I, you fine. know, I love G Gundam. You know, you know, I love G Gundam. You know, I do. It's, it's incredible. But G Gundam can also be a shit show. What do you mean? It is, is a shit show, and it's incredible at the same time. I know. In tandem. I, I know. This. This is Gundam as a space opera, as a space drama, That's, as a political drama. I, I, this I is Gundam. As, it's it's different. It's very different. It's it's less about big mechs fighting each other and more about, um, you know, political intrigue, interesting characters, incredible backstories. Like it's 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 a more human take on Gundam than just Shining Finger and yelling while in a spandex a suit shining finger first bro. of all <sighs> this hand of mine is burning thank you like shining gundam is up there as my top five english dubs like they match the energy 
100,000%. It's so fun. It is so fun. And honestly, G Gundam and Gundam Wing, shout out Gundam Wing and Endless Waltz, the movie. I mean, absolutely top tier, incredible Gundam media. If you want to go even further, there's 08 MS team, which is fucking incredible. There's Thunderbolt, which is fucking incredible. There's um, Iron Blood Orphans, which is a little dark, but also really fucking incredible. Uh, Seed, eh. But like, there's a lot of other good options. And even with the UC, there's like Zeta Gundam and shit like that. But like, to, to be perfectly frank, I haven't, I've spent the, I've spent the least amount of time in the UC universe, like the, the universe, uh, the um, um, Universal Century um, universe than the others. Cause they're all, it's not all canon with each other, right? There's just different universes and the UC one's the largest. And that, and this is the book that starts the UC universe. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a fantastic introduction to Gundam. It, um, it starts off real heavy, shows you the weight of the choices that humanity's made. It shows you the, um, the plight and the struggle uh, between Zeon and Earth Federation forces, people die. It's pretty hard. And um, That's a... uh, as with any Japanese medium, a teenager totally fucking peaks way before his 30s. <laughs> so this is perfect. So, so full disclosure, I have very, very limited exposure to Gundam. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm obviously aware of it. I'm a huge fucking nerd. Like yeah. I know about Gundam, but I haven't really watched or read very much Gundam. I've seen the first season of Iron Blood Orphans and you've seen Wing growing up like on Toonami. Did you did you watch Wing at all? What? I looked no. forward to that shit. Mm. Wow, okay. Uh, Damn. I I want to say that Wing was on so late that I was just like 11:30 yeah, like I was I was sleeping, bro. I was like, I'm not staying up for this shit. If you've never sidebar, if you've never seen Wing, watch Wing. I mean, it's on my Crunchyroll list, man. I'll, I'll watch Absolutely. It. Watch Wing before you watch G Gundam. I know John, that's, that's fighting words for John, but watch Wing first. Dude. <laughs> it's in America. Wing Gundam is like the Gundam, right? In Japan, the UC Gundam series, like Gundam Unicorn and shit is like the Gundam obviously Gundam Unicorn because they built a whole fucking life-size um, replica of it. And I think now they actually have a, 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 the, uh, the RX-78 2 model now is built as a life-size replica as well. They have two fucking Gundams in Japan, man. They're way ahead of us. Well, of course they are. They're, it's their they're thing. Japan. Oh, you were saying, Dean? Sorry. So, <laughs> um... Fuck! What was I gonna say? That uh... how you haven't you weren't really exposed to Gundam. You missed Wing. Uh, you're not really. You, you yeah, haven't gone yeah, on your way yeah, to yeah, see yeah. a lot of it. You really honed in on the Wing thing. <laughs> Speaking of Gundam Wing, is Char <laughs> in Gundam Wing? <laughs> Char is in every Gundam um, anime or manga always. Oh, really? That's a thing. Kinda. So, mm-hmm. Char. Uh, Char or Char? Uh, I say Char. Share. Uh, you can pronounce it however the fuck you want. 
Char is he's represented in almost every single Gundam adaptation and pretty much every one that I've known. So if for the UC series, his he's in most of them for for a very long time and he's represented in almost every single one of the Gundam ones as well. There's always a masked blonde or a masked uh dark uh type figure, you know, like intelligent, cunning type figure which is like the homage to the original uh uh Char, which yes, in Gundam Wing there is um there is uh Zex what sex what um whose name whose actual name that they call him he pilots the tall geese um i forgot his name that he goes by <laughs> i can't believe i forgot his name i've seen this series like 50 times but i'm too distracted reading other things now that i'm just like losing my attention I'm having smooth brain moment right now. Um, Don't worry, man. I have smooth brain all the time. I live smooth brain. So good. So good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was right. Yeah. Yeah. Oz's Lieutenant Zex Marquis. Yeah. Zex Marquis pilots the Talgy Gundam. Zex is the equivalent to Char. Like it is the most blatant ripoff of them all though. Like Zex in Gundam Wing is a pretty much a one-to-one character with Char, including some of his backstory as well. Kind of a lot of his backstory. But you'll see more of Char's backstory if you get farther into it. Which personally Char is my favorite character in uh, in Gundam. Like just heads and tails. So I just remembered what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, so reading through this, it really struck me as like, it reminds me of Godzilla. And what I mean by that is like, the story isn't really about the Gundam. I mean, it it very much is, Mm -hmm. um, but the Gundam is used really sparingly. It's really a story about the characters that surround the Gundam more than anything else. It's a political drama. It's a military drama. And then there just happens to be this big fucking mech that does shit sometimes. Absolutely. So the Gundam just, the Gundams are just metaphors to like the struggles, right? Like they're just physical, you know, realizations of the struggles between these characters. Um, If you want to get really deep into it, but with other, but definitely with other Gundam animes, it's all Gundam. It's like the characters are lifeless, annoying fucking idiots, and they only watch it because Gundams are cool. And oh no, he found a button in his mech, and now it's glowing, and people are yelling, and cool shit's happening. Like that, like very shonen type of like, oh, I've leveled up my Gundam, so now it's stronger, and I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm Super Saiyan now, right? Like, there's literally like an almost a Super Saiyan equivalent to Gundam with Unicorn when it goes into like its overdrive mode or whatever it's called. <laughs> it literally like glows red and like it, like parts of it unlock and open up to shine through. It, fuck, it's super cool, but it's like it's the equivalent of it going Super Saiyan. So what you're saying is this series is a little unique. 
Um, I would say the first few Gundam, I, I wouldn't call it unique because I haven't consumed all Gundam media. So with Iron Blood Orphans, which you watched, that Iron one, Blood Orphans is very much like this too. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's it's more of a political drama. It's the Gundams just facilitate the action and the struggle. They're not mm-hmm. the focus of it by any means. They're they're a little more of the focus because there is a physical attachment and there's a physical reason that some of these like you know like the slave children or whatever the main character has like that attachment on him that lets him interface with it better like there's a little bit more um but it's it's kind of the same feeling right it's less about gundams uh more about the people are those real gundam models in g gundam did i forget that Sorry, John linked I, us I to the. Oh, this is a, so. This is a prime example of a Gundam series that's about Gundams, which is G Gundam, making which has ridiculous fucking designs. So the Nether Gundam got me, dude. So fucking like, dude. It's just a big windmill. Dude, th- this shit is so powerfully insensitive. It's so I just fucking cannot. Hot, like John's all about I, it. I love just how they just like went balls to the walls. Like Japan's like, we know like very little other than stereotypes about your country. And we're going to put them oh on my, yep. full display. Look at the uh, African Gundam. Full, zebra Gundam. Literally. They did Holy zero shit. research. They just like, they didn't know shit about <laughs> these countries. They're just like, it's like, what have I seen in movies? Yep. Like the American <laughs> Gundam literally has the fucking flag and it's just boxing. And I'm just like, all right, I'm cool with that. I mean, that's the I least mean, egregious one <laughs> out of all of these, to be honest. Yeah, like, I feel like most Americans were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can deal with that. Like, Spain is a lot more than just a fucking matador, like a bull. <laughs> like, there's a lot more shit that happens in that country than just bullfighting. Oh, dude, you didn't see the tequila Anyway, Gundam? this isn't the one about G Gundam. I mean, it this could be. This is not the one about G it, Gundam. It could be. No, it cannot be. It cannot be. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day, John. But Maybe one happen. day, but not today. <laughs> today, we're talking about Mobile Suit Gundam, the origin. You right, you right, you right. Japan got God Gundam. Yo, fuck you guys. <laughs> it's, it's called Shining Gundam in America, but yeah, it's God Gundam in Japan. Obviously. At least, at least Francis. Mother- I, I do love Francis. Uh-huh. The, the Gundam Rose. Not only was he around for a very long time, but um, dude, the, the Chinese, the Dragon Gundam is literally just the fucking Gundam from Gundam Wing. It's Shenlong yeah. from Gundam yeah, Wing. Yeah, I was about to say. Like- it's the same shit. Uh, all right, all right, awesome though. <laughs> it, it is badass, super badass. Um, but yeah, John. Uh, actually, Dean, we know what I think. But uh, you were talking about your your introduction to Gundam. You don't have a lot of of background with it, so I think you were leading to a the kind of your your stance on this first chapter, first volume. I really wasn't, but I can tell you what I think <laughs> of this first volume. Um. Really, my whole thing before was I was leading up to the whole Godzilla um, Mm -hmm. correlation. But in terms of this, um, first of all, I just want to say that I love the artwork in this. And 
especially the way that they do color in some of the chapters. Um, there's I, just something really striking about it that I really enjoy. I would spend twice as much on each of these volumes if it was fully watercolor. Twice as much. $60 a pop? Yes. I don't know if I can stand with you and die on that hill. Uh, Maybe if I'm play, paying twice the Amazon prices, so like $40, then maybe we could have a conversation about paying double. But 60 Did you read the end of the book with the... Um, I forgot who he was, but it is... I'm not sure what his role is, but it's... Um, Oh, it's not it's not at the end of this one. Anyway, at the end of each one of these, well, it it kind of is. Uh they talk about it. Uh yeah, okay. A Gundam fan. Yeah, yeah. Dated. Um Hidekeano. So I'm not sure who that guy is. He just he's he's accredited as a Gundam fan, but at, at the end of every single one of these sections, there is this type of like post log here where with um the they're always a bunch of different shit. It's like either concept art or it's like uh, monologues like this, you know, just like blurbs about the creation of it or about the actual um, theater and artist of Gundam, um, Mr. Yukashito, um, Yashu, Yashuhiko, sorry. Um, anyway, he, he goes on to say either in this one or, or other ones that the original creator is definitely getting kind of long in the tooth. He's a little older now. And mm -hmm. when he sat down in the early two thousands to redo this, it was essentially kind of all his idea and a little bit of pressure from fans and other, and people around him to recreate the, his original vision of the series, but do it in a way that he's always wanted. So he just sat down and freehanded all of this shit. He just draws shit and then makes the actual boxes around them. That's why a lot of like the the uh, the the box formatting and the uh, the um, the art sizes for everything are just so unique and different. Is it, it's a design first approach. He's like, I'll just fit whatever I can into however long of a format that I want, and I'll draw it how I want. You know, and it's done incredibly well. I mean. This is some of the best manga drawing that I've ever seen. And he really has so much detail in every single panel. And he lays these panels out in such an, in such an intelligent way at some points to really give you a size of scope and a size of action that's happening. Or like really to hammer in, especially when um, the first major death in the, uh, in the series happens, like multiple panels to just zoom in on people and really give that sense of uh, um, of emotion. This is a fantastic job to it. Now, I'm not an adept manga reader, so I don't know how the John and and you will be able to to say if this is kind of part of the course, but I do feel like this is outstanding artwork in this, like through and through. Watercoloring aside, it's outstanding artwork. The watercoloring of course is phenomenal. I don't think he did I don't know if he did the watercoloring. I think he may have done it himself too. But um, if he didn't, just the art, like the black and white art stands out. Well, um, from my experience, I wouldn't necessarily say that this is higher quality art per se. 
but it is more detailed than your average manga. Yeah, on top of I read this uh the color version um uh and I happened upon the black and whites and after what like reading in the color version I can the watercolor Wait, the colored version yes was there is, is there like a digital colored like entirely colored yes. version or something is it all water, watercolor yes. art or is it like watercolor for a few pages all of and then it, it kind of goes to like every a basic... single page is watercolor yeah and it it was i'm kind of really upset hearing this really I, good. I, I didn't know about it yeah i'll look it up but Okay. You don't have to look so it up. I'll link just, you to it. Please link me to it because I didn't know that existed. And if I can buy hard co- hardcover copies of that, I'll re. I own the whole series. I'll buy it all again. But um, I'll buy your existing collection for half. Two. Oh, that's a deal. <laughs> John, your link four hundred four. Well, I know it's weird the way that it works here. Let me give you the original because that's the only one that works when it does that to me while I was reading. All right, I'll look it up later, though. You can just find the no, link. No, I got you. It's, it. it's, it's fine. here. It's here. Right? Um, but what I was saying is, like, the artwork is fantastic. Um, the, uh, honestly, like, like that's, this is the first time that, like, I was like, oh, I, I, I can't read it in black and like there's no way that I could read it in black and white after looking at it through color. It was really good. The first pivotal scene where it's showing the aftermath of the war and how Gundam fighting pays everybody around it pays a huge toll in a matter of seconds, especially after uh what's uh his little side piece's name, the chick uh amaru's from that's it when her whole family just gets straight up blown up and all you see is like a shade of red with like hue of purple and like you see a shoe and a dress and glasses over here it's like a whole house is taken out she just breaks down that was that was really good that was a really good panel yeah, that was one I of the ones that I was referencing. And yes, this is fully colored. And yes, I am very fucking upset. <laughs> right now, I don't think this. that this is all watercolored, though. I don't think it's all watercolored either, but it's colored very, very well. Like, it, if it this is, was done, but it's just different. If it was done by a third party to like digitally release it in a full color series, then whoever the third party was that mirrored the watercolor style did a very good job. Yeah, you can just tell that it's not the same. The scenes that are watercolored, you can you can definitely tell. I would go so far as to say that like the watercolor is so good that like these these ones that aren't watercolored kind of are kind of bad. I don't know. I wouldn't just gonna <laughs> I don't know if I would say bad. It's, it's good. I mean, no, it, it like it's a it's a really good not, effort. They're not bad, but in comparison, they're they're kind of bad. Like the I don't know, man. The watercolor aesthetic 
fits the artistic style of the book and especially the moments that he chooses to use it too right and so like just throwing color onto the rest of it that especially this color that's i was gonna say cheap but that's not really fair um yeah so if if you want a good if you want a good difference page like if, like if you want to compare the zakus then you could look at page 12 versus page i don't know page 6 give you an idea of what the yeah what is that that's not 12 though that's 10 uh the di- the digital numbering might be a little bit different oh gotcha maybe I don't know, whatever but the point the point still stands that it yeah is, it like, it's just it's it's very different and um the point that i was trying to make is that the watercolor is kind of like this perfect complement to the art as it exists it feels like an extension of the artist's vision whereas this coloring it does give a little bit more character to the world but it also diminishes that overall vision for me i'm i'm biased because this is just how i've read them you know so whenever there's a scene or a part of the manga that's really starting to climax and get to a a, a, like a critical point i turn the page and then oh oh it's colored oh shit (laughs) what's gonna happen and then usually it is just pages and pages and pages of beautiful 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 artwork and some parts of it are like 15 pages straight 20 pages straight of watercoloring because it's a long but incredibly critical an emotional scene mm-hmm. you know he, he like he doesn't really sh- like back down from the color from the watercoloring pages um this one i would say has about an average amount of them but some of them definitely have more i mean to john's point i think that if i read it like this i would have trouble going back to yeah yeah i understand that but having not experienced it this way I'm glad that I read it the way that I did because mm-hmm. I appreciate it more. So we're only going over volume one, but John, John you kind of, you kind of worked ahead in the class. Yeah. Uh, how, how far have you gotten? Uh, chapter. Chapter 31. Like, after you guys told me, like, all right, we're done. Like, we're only reading the first volume. I was like, oh, all right. So. After I don't, we. I love that you said after we told you that, like, we didn't say that from the very beginning. No, I didn't see, oh, we're only reading volume one, whatever. I was like, oh, we're just reading Mobile Suit Spider Origin 1. I must have missed yeah, that. Read- That's fine. Because I'm like, for me, it's just like, okay, let's just chalk up another manga to the list. But. Uh, like after I was made aware, after I was made and figured it out, I was like, oh, okay. Because I was literally like, after I read this, I was like, I'm going to look at the, I'm going to watch the adaptation. But, um, 
Yeah, it well uh what do you think of the first section though? It was uh it's kind of a slow burn. Um because it's it's you getting used to like the personalities and the archetypes of the main characters and the main force. It was kind of funny, especially uh during the evacuation scene. Uh, where basically one the guy that became in charge after the first captain like gave him command he's like oh shit and he's like don't worry you're not going to be leaving the port so don't you don't have to worry about going into space or anything like that and then lo and behold he has to like fly in space most of his crew got blown up in the explosion so he has to use civilians that have the certifications to like navigate fly take on communications and then you just got this rando in his top secret most powerful weapon of the army in the gundam and he just has to fucking deal with it i was laughing so hard oh shit you got you got thrown into the fire forget thrown in the fire he got thrown in an active volcano i mean thank god for bright <laughs> Lieutenant Junior Gray Bright Noah. Thank God for that man. He puts up with so much shit. Oh, yeah. Thousands of refugees crammed into this top secret quote unquote civilian vessel that you know that has mega particle cannons. Exactly. Don't, don't, don't yeah. worry about that. I love how they how it's called the Trojan horse, too. Yeah, super on the nose. Yeah. Like super on the nose. Like, okay, fine. <laughs> Trojan horse. Yeah, we're just uh, we're just uh, delivering this to your port, and we blew it. So, <clears throat> yeah, Bright's putting up with everything. He's going crazy. Um, Amaro isn't listening. Oh, to anything God. that he's saying. So, he's being so fucking angsty about it's it. Not but even, I'm not even gonna say angsty. Like, how old is he supposed to be? Like, what? Fifteen? Yeah, he's fifteen. And he just acts like a spoiled little bitch. Pure and simple. From what I've read up to. Um, but it's within line with his age and getting thrust into like life or death situations in battle. But I think it's taking him longer to actually realize how important his role is and stop being so self-centered and selfish. That, that was my problem. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard for him, you know, uh, because he's literally thrown into the most traumatic experiences right away, going right up against the Red Comet himself, yeah. you know, barely surviving against those couple Zaku's getting super lucky. Oh, hell yeah. And, you know, thank God he has a great cast around him like Fra and um, and Mirai and Sela. You know, thank God he has some of his friends there. But even then, some like Kai is a dickhead. Yep. And, is always an ass. Yeah. Oh, what's um, the uh, what's the little dude's name who's the judo master? Ryu. Uh, yeah, Ryu. Yeah, Ryu. I love the panel of him practicing judo against a guy like five times his size and beating his ass. Wait, Ryu. Ryu is the big guy. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like you're talking about. The, I'm talking about the uh, small guy who's like who becomes like a sergeant or Ayato? something. I think so. I know. Uh, once they get to, um, once they get to their their des- their designation, they all get the the the, uh, the rankings. I can't remember where they're uh, where they're ranked up to, but when they get to Jaburo in South America, but yeah, um, 
Yeah, Hayato Kobayashi. Yeah, Hayato. Yeah, that yeah. dude is kind of my favorite. Like he's like I, I like he like straight up like oh I'm end the guns. Like I've already been taught it. Like I can do it. And that's one thing that blew my mind about this was that Bright's just in that in that war room with civilians around mm-hmm. him. And he's like, uh, I got these giant mechs that need to be piloted. And he has other fucking officers around him, but then there's a couple civilian kids who are like, I can yeah, do exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. He's like, all right. He's like, okay, all sure. Yeah, yeah right. you got it. Sure. You got Matsi. You yeah. got Chaps. You know, maybe he's thinking, oh, if they die, then that's going to be, you know, one less tactical. <laughs> one less mouth you know, body. to feed. One, Yeah, he would love that too. He was definitely... <laughs> Throughout the whole first section, you can tell he had a lot like, of animosity just, for all the straight up civilians dump them on out board. into space and we'll be fine. Yeah. What do you think of uh uh Shara as a character? Uh I mean I said it already, but like I I'm kinda getting his motivations and like all of his tactical moves. He's still he's just a a very pompous ass. Super arrogant, S- ridiculously right? arrogant. Have you, have you gotten to any of his backstory, like when he was a kid and stuff? Um, not, not too much. I mean, I know okay. he supposedly says like he has like a disease, that's why he can't be in the sun, direct sunlight for too long. Why he wears the helmet and glasses for his oh, eyes and shit like sure. that. Yeah, that bullshit. Um, <laughs> okay. You'll, I mean, all of that is going to be explained when you go through his origin story, which personally is some of the best parts about this entire series are sections five, six, and seven, which go over his origins. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just incredible, incredible writing. I love the story. Um, and it, it really gives you an appreciation for um, his brilliance and also his motivations uh, as a character. But it, it it really is awesome stuff. But like as he's introduced to you in this first section, he's just this, you know, as the captain put it before his untimely, you know, death, um, you know, he he was feared for him, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, he took down five of my freighters by himself. He's everyone just knows to bow down to the red comet. He literally yeah, is everybody like their... fears his name. You wanna know what really weirded me out is um first off it was that one scene where they were on the Ju- begins with the J asteroid, Juniper, Juper, Juno two, Juno two, yeah, yeah, Juno two. After- Which, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I just want to say, brilliant, brilliant sci-fi writing here. They they towed that asteroid in from the asteroid belt and put it into orbit around the Earth for the sole purpose of mining and launching ships from the asteroid itself which yeah. is a very real thing that we're tr- that we're planning and thinking about doing as a civilization just kind of cool to see that in a manga you yeah. know because like from the scene the battle where uh they were basically did a surprise attack on char's ship when they were um yeah. resupplying his musai and they basically yep. like stopped them from like taking full advantage of the situation it's like you guys like you probably lost the war for them right then and there and then you act arrogant as fuck to the after afterwards oh but shar's counterattack after yeah that, no fuck dude what a what a baller oh man. hell flying yeah. in flying in with a torpedo Straight up ass and then putting it in the 
yeah, putting it in the Magellan um, uh, starship and then having it blow up as it leaves the port and then murdering everyone in the comms tower. Just like you can't stop. Like, yeah. You, you can't stop. Yeah, and there is a reason why he is feared. And like you do gain a certain offer. But the thing that weirded me out during that whole section was uh, it felt like. <laughs> Uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who's because of the A. I don't want to just butcher his name. Amuro. Yeah, Amuro. It felt like he had like a psychic link. It's like it's Char. It's Char. He's here. He's here. Get me out of that, here. I need to stop him. So if you noticed, him and Sayla both did that. That kind of is a thing. Sure. You'll hear them talk about something called new type. They'll talk about other characters as being new types. Mm-hmm. And that gets explained as well. Not very well explained, but it kind of gets explained. Yeah. But I will say this, uh, and can see it a little bit. My favorite character that I've read thus far is Rambo Rall. Yes. He's. Yes. Yeah. That's my boy. Incredible. He is an incredible fucking character. When you get to to Shar's backstory, you will love him a thousand times more than you already do. Yeah. Cause that man is a goddamn saint and he went out. I mean, he went out like a he, he deserved boss. so much better. Yeah, he it, like, like, but like he deserved a lot better, but he went out like a boss too. It's like, God, just he, and he was handing that boy ass whoopings. <laughs> just stomp, stomping. Like him. he was in his room watching his favorite TV show and he kicked down the door with a belt in his hands. It's ass whooping time, boy. Personally, like reading all of the series, like the series should have started, or at least I think it would have made a lot of sense for the series to have started with Shar's backstory and worked chronologically up to the events because Amuro kills and, and defeats these Xeon commanders. And you don't really like, you kind of get a sense for um, like who these characters are and how much of an impact that they make. But you don't really understand these characters until you go through that backstory and you and you read who they are and why they're so important. And then if you go back and, and then reread their deaths and their struggles, like he had so much of this information in his head while writing all of these comics. It was it, it was crazy. He had all this backstory like Lucas kind of when he made the, the original Star Wars trilogy, like he had this whole universe in his head as uh, as he was developing all of it. Yeah, and like I, I can tell that from the point that I'm at right now, and I, honestly, I'm gonna finish it because that's the type of person I am. Um, yeah. but I can see from the way that you're talking, I can see why when they did the adaptation, the anime ad- adaptation, why they made the whole thing about Char's backstory. It literally is just him. Yeah. yeah. Well, John, I think you and I can gush forever about this but dean i want to know um maybe some highlights uh in the manga that that you remember or that you enjoyed i hate this manga one out of ten. <laughs> no redeeming factors jeez i mean None. i can understand that by reading the first volume because again it's it's a slow burn no he's gotta be kidding there, he's gotta there, be no kidding. i'm just saying like this is my this is the way i read that comment like bullshit or not like starting off it's it's slow um there's not a lot of action scenes that 
some people coming into this would think about when it's inherently slow no that's what i'm saying no because when my history with gundam is like fights mechs going at it but like someone who's not yeah more attuned or uh used to the actual starting of gundam and like how it's actually like space opera more politically based they would probably be taken aback and be like, ah, oh, this is bullshit, this is slow. Like, wouldn't get the nuance of how it's starting and how it's building. Um, and then also the characters, honestly, are not that likable from the get-go. Like, Ramble Rawl is super likable when you first meet him. Like, that's my dude. He's an incredible yeah, character. like, yep. Amaru is a whiny little 15-year-old kid who got thrown into the war and just piloting one of the most powerful machines out there, but still is like crying and complaining is like, I don't want to pilot it. You can't make me. And then you got the whole crew around him, which some of them are likable. Other ones are like, you can kind of forget. And then Char is, he's a cool dude. Like you can tell that, but he's arrogant as fuck. And like those type of people, when you first meet them, especially without knowing their backstory, you kind of hate them for being so perfect. Cause as you said it, Jordan, like it seems like there's no stopping this dude. Like even after getting the uh, Supreme leaders, youngest son killed for his quote unquote ineptitude, he doesn't get uh, court-martialed. He doesn't get uh, put to death, which other people in a situation would on top of he demands things from the chief general, including his sunglasses back, which was like a baller move, but anybody else would get their throat slit. So that I, that's what I get from that comment. Like I can kind of tell why he would say that jokingly or not. I just want to say the only character that I really enjoyed was Char. <laughs> that's a good I mean, one to I, pick. I get it. I get it. But he can still come on a waffle. And he just gets better and better. I, He's by far my favorite character because of his depth. Um, there are a lot of other incredible characters in this. Um, but like, man, I'm telling you, Zeon's where it's at. There's the characters in Zeon are way more interesting than Earth Federation. Way more interesting. They got the balls to drop a colony on the planet and kill a third of the Earth's population. Dude. That's that's another thing. Like at the start of it, it's like within a month of this war, they killed half of the yeah. Because the they just immediately heat. dropped a yeah. like Zeon had no way to to win. Like they were losing against Earth Federation forces, and the only way that they could even get to a stalemate was to do that. You know, to shock the world, and they fucking shocked it. All right, you know those colonies are absolutely fucking massive. And that scene, watercolored, is just so fucking awesome, too. Like, you see it coming in from the distance, and you see it, like, landing. Out the, you, you get an idea of the size of this the ship, size, of this colony ship. The sheer strength. The girth of it. That's awesome stuff. Truly awesome. It's fucked up. That's it's Like, in a war... In just a month. In a war. In just a month. Half the population, dude. That's insane. It's because like it's it's because like the whole Xeon philosophy is that they're they're different from humans on Earth, you know? 
that they're they're better, like they're more evolved than humans on Earth. That's like the that's a Xeon philosophy, right? Like that's like their mantra, know, just how they justify this type of stuff. Their yeah. credo. Yeah, like at the end of the day, they've convinced their people, which are identical to Earth people. There's no fucking difference between them, you know. But they've convinced them that because they're in space, they're a different species, and they're 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 just better. You know, that's why they can kill a third of the population on Earth. Yeah. Indiscriminately. Yeah. And also drop. I, I believe the colony was inhabited. I think there's I think it was inhabited. Yeah. But <laughs> not every colony is sides for Xeon, though. That's the, that's the important part. There are multiple colony sectors. Not all of them side for Xeon. Most of them do. But it is not unanimous. A lot of it is neutral territory, like side seven, which is where it started. and then. Um, uh, uh, Luna two is technically neutral territory, yeah. so it's you know there's that political drama exactly. that's involved, like, right? Everyone's dancing around appeasing Zeon and Earth Federation, right? Yeah, but They're, even within Zeon, they don't even like the ruling party. Like they hate the current supreme leader. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely gets more complicated yeah. as it goes on. <laughs> Is there anything else that, that you thought stood out to you besides uh, Shar, Dean? And oh, me? Mm-hmm. Dude, I feel like the kid who didn't do the homework is trying to <laughs> duck the conversation. Trying to get, like, back of the class. trying to get project credit <laughs> I contributed. I mean, did, did, I mean, did you enjoy the manga, though? Like, 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 at a base, did you enjoy reading it? Did you think it was a good story, had a good time with it? Yeah, but it feels like the first part of a much larger story. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I read 440 some odd pages, however long the shit is. And I feel like I read the introduction. Right. The pretty dipping your toe. You just got in. Yeah. They just got into the Earth's atmosphere. Barely, mind Mm -hmm. you. And like you, you finished the prologue. Congratulations. (laughs) Now, this now is we're on chapter one. Yeah, now now Garma comes out, and then now we're we're at chapter one, the battle in L.A., <laughs> which I love too. That Zeon had control of of Western uh, United yeah, States. Yeah, like when they and, that scene like, where they showed the Hollywood base. sign, and he was in his room. Yeah, I was like, he was in this baller what? mansion. I know, I loved it. Yeah, but. With that said, I, I did enjoy it. I just. It's an investment for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not even that, though. It's just I, I don't feel like I have enough of an idea of the story and the scope of the story to make much of a comment on it. Like you guys. I mean, Jordan, you finished it and John, you've gone much further into it. And so, like, I feel like I had I barely even have a a baseline for which to comment. Well, you mentioned that you're, you, you, you might possibly buy the whole series. Yeah, I probably will. Is it just like a collector's thing for you? Like you kind of just want to like, they're just good pieces of manga. So you want to collect them? No, I mean, like from this point, I want to see where the story is going to go. 
But like, if I get to volume three and I'm like, this this sucks, I'm not gonna keep buying them. Okay. I don't think um, you'll. I don't think you'll do. No, that. like once you. I hope once you, you meet my boy Ramble Raw, it's, it's it 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 kicks it up a notch. And then you get the uh, back end dealings and political blue waffle char. There are there definitely are slow parts. There are parts where it just sets up you know the problems within Earth Federation, the problems within Xeon, the you know it highlights certain people and their power struggles. Like there are slow parts, but they're there for a reason. They always usually pay off. You know, I can't think of a, I can't think of a part in the in the manga right now where they've introduced a character, invested a lot of time in building that character, and there wasn't a payoff for it. There usually is a very good payoff for investing some downtime into building a character. Sounds like One Piece. I will <laughs> One say Piece this. is a hell of a lot longer uh, <laughs> fucking runway than this I will, does. <laughs> I'll say this. One Piece starts gaining, picking up steam a lot sooner, in my opinion. And when it picks it up, it doesn't let go. Emotionally, uh, like the fight scenes, the stakes, the character backstories, it's delicious. What's that? This is the one about One Piece. All right, so Luffy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Mal. Well, um, I guess if we've said all we wanted to say, let me, um, shall I peruse through my notes? Maybe Dean take a Jordan's notes. Thank you. We need some kind of like, uh, I've already said this like two podcasts ago. Need a sound something. I know you're totally right. I know. I keep thinking about it. Well, let me see. We talked about a lot of stuff. Um, Fra almost dying in the um, like in that explosion. Another great um, moment where he used multiple panels to just show Fra running from the uh, 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 in the distance, getting shot at by the Zaku, getting caught in the explosion. Her flying forward, almost dying. And then that moment when she found that her mother and her granddad were dead in front of her, and then and then Amuro slapped the shit out. Oh of yeah, her. It, it, showed, like, it, it showed. Made sure he said he went back and forth. Yeah, it, it clearly clearly drew that in back and forth, and he was just yelling at her to run, and it was panels of just her staggering and staggering through the bodies. That was an extremely impactful scene. I I love that scene. Um, because it definitely sets the stage for a lot of the trauma that they both experienced later on. Can I just say that the character names in this manga fucking suck? <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, why? Are they not unique enough? or Oh, they're unique enough. <laughs> is, it, is, it just, is, is it just hard to remember them? They're hard to remember. They're not like... They, they're like super weird, but like not in a way that stands out so that I remember them. They're just like, uh, what the fuck is her name again? Right. Oh, Fra. Fra. Yeah. That's a totally normal human name. And it's name. like Fra Bao or some shit like that. I'm like, uh. Bo, yeah. Bao, Bo, yeah. One thing that, one thing that fucked me up the entire way through the manga almost was because, and 
you may not experience this problem because you're you're reading it in color, John, but in black and white, I would always get fucked up if I'm not paying attention and I will think that it's Frau talking over Mira <laughs> because they're both same haircut, black hair yeah. because it's just black and white. And the only way you can ever really distinguish them is by their environment. So usually Fra is around the kids or is around Haro. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mirai usually has the like officer's outfit on where Fra has like a bow tie because she has the uh, cadet's outfit. But so many times, <laughs> so many times I've seen a scene where Mirai like is flying or is doing something. I'm like, why the fuck is Fra doing this? This doesn't make and sense. Then I, and, and, yeah. And, and, and then I have to take a second. I'm like, hold on. Who is this? And I had to look pages a couple pages back. Oh wait, this is Mirai. Damn it, I'm so stupid. Like, it, it fucks me up. It really does, and it, it might fuck you guys up too when they become more interchangeable and you just start to see them poke in and out a, a, a little more often. That always got me. It always got me. Um, some more notes. Um, the first Gundam sound. Um, and the in the uh, book was Gatunk, G-T-U-N-G, Gatunk. And that's the, I think that's like the best onomatopoeia that you could use to describe that Gundam, like crunching sound, you know? Like if you ever watch Gundam, you know the sound that they use. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know why that just stood out to me. But it, um, what else? Mm, captain flying out to distract the Zeon, the uh, Zeon um, Musai. Zeon ships are weird as fuck. All of them, all of them make like no sense, but they're awesome to look at. Mm, Dazzle, we got an inserted Dazzle. Um. And that's most of the things that I wanted to bring up. Yeah, nothing, nothing else game changing. So, final review. Dean, you want to lead, lead, lead this? That's a manga. <laughs> it gets a manga out of manga. I would give this one a Oh hey, that's a giant mech out of manga. <laughs> I like it. John. Um I'd give it one shining finger out of you know one it's pretty good i'm liking it i love that you just really wanted to say that so you shoehorned it in there it's totally fine i mean it's it's, it's, it's okay it's, it's great that's how i know it's the best but um honestly like it, oh, it's this is the best wow starting good, off good, good. Job, jordan you totally Start, dethroned g gundam for him that's no, impressive no 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 let's not go that far but um uh Finish it and then let me know. Yeah, that's exactly finish what I was. At. That's that's basically where I'm going with it. I'll finish it and watch the uh, 
adaptation and like I'm giving it 168 out of 89 for sure. Um, and my, my metric of course I'm using is the Katunk scale. <laughs> so 168 Katunks out of 89. Well, that was certainly an adventure. Um, I kind of enjoyed listening to you guys talk about it more than contributing at all because uh you guys write a lot more than i do <laughs> uh, mostly because john's a fucking idiot that's but totally fine not gonna go there. no no we've already went there and come back it's fine well well that was that wasn't the homework so dean you know you, you're still getting the a it's just john you know, got the A plus. It's fine. I, I feel like John should have a couple of points knocked off. Wow. Not not sticking to the syllabus. The not sticking to the syllabus. Like he just he decided to be an above and beyond student, and the instructions were crystal clear. <laughs> and you're kind of derailed the entire conversation over it. Really. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say John gets a complete fucking failure out of trouble. Wow! Wow! All right then. Just gonna do the bare minimum from now on. Okay. Perfect. As always, before we go, if you're listening to this after the fact, follow us and leave a review on your service of choice. And don't forget that you can chat with us anytime over in the Discord server. You can find all the relevant links below. And as always, don't do more than you're required to out there. Fuck. Okay.